Hello everyone, this is Monsef Afkar and thank you so much for joining us today in this new call of Awakening the Divine Feminine series. Um, yeah, very happy to connect with you again. So thank you for your presence and for your beautiful energy. And also very happy that Athea Davis is, is with us on the show today. Um, really love her message, her work, and the support that she brings to um, adults and, and youth um, uh, also. And uh, maybe uh, some of you uh, knows her from either like from uh, uh, following her or or listening to to our episode with her on the podcast, Mother Voice podcast that's we did uh, last year. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm 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 very really impressed by her, by her work and her her inspiring message, and very happy that she's here with us on the show. And today we'll be talking about growth, healing, and resilience through trauma. And um, also after that, we'll have uh, a Q&A part where you can ask your questions. So if you are on the webcast page, which is um, weariseinlove.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E, you can write your questions there on the question box. And if you are on the phone, you can raise your hand by pressing start two. And before we start, I would love to share with you a little bit about Athia. So Athia Davis is a mindfulness educator and um KIPP Texas Public Schools uh, at KIPP. Um, she's the author of Today's Gonna Be Awesome Sauce, Daily Meditations for Youth, Parents, and Families, and the creator of the powerfully positive weekly classroom, Home Resource, The Affirmation, um, plus um, the art deck, uh, the, the art card deck, also called Today's Gonna Be Awesome Sauce. Uh, Athia uh, owns Soul Sense Yoga, a mindfully infused education and leadership company where she leads live mindfulness trainings plus digital courses for leaders, educators, and parents. She is the host of the Rising Education podcast called Mindful Living with Athia Davis. Athia lives uh, with her superhero love family in Houston, Texas and is dedicated to spreading the awesome sauce sparkle here, there, and everywhere. And uh, yeah, so with that, Athia, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you with us. Ah, uh, thank you, Mansaf. So great to be back with you again and to engage in these really important topics of, uh, you know, growth and healing and resilience and, you know, through trauma. Here we are, almost a year post-pandemic, uh, mm -hmm. and I was just having a, a conversation about a week ago, and we were talking about, uh, you know, healing and our prevention and healing within this context, and with, and I guess it was about a year ago, you and I did talk, and I can't remember, it must have been right in the midst of the pandemic, maybe All a right. few weeks or a month into it, and here we are a year later. And there's been a lot of what I call trauma bursting at the seams. You know, trauma is not something that anybody wants to invite to a party and say, hey, come on, let's play together. Absolutely not, right? right. It is mm -hmm. not comfortable. It is very uncomfortable. And so we typically want to run from it and we want to numb out from it. It is the last thing that we want to dig into. And here in the context of the the pandemic, we have been forced to slow down. And what happens when we slow down? We start to become aware of all the things that we weren't paying attention to. 
that we were running from or that we were going to multiple events too. And albeit there's nothing wrong with, you know, events and, and, and doing things, you know, fun, et cetera. But when they become these, um, these outlets in which we are no longer paying attention to what's going on inwardly and then we, we start a- acting out outwardly. And, uh, you know, and, and, and again, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent, but going back to that statement that we've experienced this sort of bursting at the seams um, in a lot of ways, you know, culturally, uh, definitely here in the United States, if, if anybody, you know, has been watching the, the news and what has happened, you know, back in late May of 2020, early uh, June 2020, when George Floyd uh, was killed, um, and you know the political front, you know in 2020, just and regardless of what political stripe you are, you know just just a lot of frac a, a friction, you know fractious relationships, um, and here we are, right? A year later in 2021, I think you know we have vaccines out in the market. You know, people getting vaccinated now, but the the whole point is, is we've been kind of forced to slow down and look at things, and the things that we haven't been paying attention to are now coming to the surface on all levels within families as well. You know, where the, the normal way that we've done things, where we're not having to think about the hard stuff, we've had to think about the hard stuff, and if we have never had to do that before. And our typical ways of numbing out or what we call letting our stress go, uh, we start to have a bit of a uh, sort of a, a big, um, what's the word, uh, sort of like the soul fireworks in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think one of the things that is so important in this experience, just as a worldwide event, and bringing it to and really connecting it to us personally is that there's such power in slowing down, right? I mean, as a mindfulness educator, I'm, I'm always teaching my students why slowing down is important. Yes, it can help us focus our minds, and focus is definitely the future. And yes, it can calm our nervous system. And we can manage, you know, our emotions and have self-regulation skills mentally and emotionally. And out of all of that, it elevates our awareness of what is happening in our internal world. So we can look at what are my core values? What's driving my behavior? What really matters to me? Why are these things triggering to me? I'm I'm talking about a lot of different things here. Uh, so maybe I just want to uh, – maybe I should pause for a second, Monseth, and see if you want to pull any threads no, out of that. Um, no, it's okay. I, I really love um, um, how you started the part. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I feel it's really inspiring because, like you said, um, like the, the, the experiences that, that we had last year and, and this year, it, it just um, – Open our eyes to to different ways that to 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 deal with trauma, like because in the past we were like running away from it, but now it's mm-hmm. we know that um, instead of closing our heart, we really need to open it, and it takes courage because we, when we open our heart, it's we we need to let everything in. It's not just love, but also yeah. trauma and pain that we experience. Yeah, 
And I just want to make really clear, too, when I'm talking, you know, about trauma, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've experienced, you know, like oftentimes we might refer to it as trauma with a big T. Maybe, you know, you've gone through uh, war, right? Maybe you have Mm -hmm. gone through um, displacement for a long period of time. Maybe you have been sexually assaulted. Maybe you have been abused in some way. You know, those would be big T, big traumas. And and I know when I was on your podcast show, I talked about my big T, my big trauma. You know, my former spouse took his own life several years ago, also the, the father to my now 15-year-old son. And then there are little traumas. Um, I, I think the big, the, the pandemic you know, it, it, depending on who you ask, right, it could be a big trauma for some of us. We've lost people. We've lost loved ones. We've lost jobs. We've, there's been a lot of loss, and, and it's different for everyone. And it could be a little trauma for you. Maybe it hasn't impacted you the same as it has for someone that has lost a loved one. So it's not that one is more traumatic than the other. Trauma is trauma. So when someone experiences, and let me just define trauma for a moment. And what I, I want us to understand that when when an event happens, right, whatever stimulus it is, the stimulus can be the pandemic. It could be you were in a, a terrible car accident and you had a terrible injury or you knew someone that did or you have a sickness in the family you, you know, you name it, somebody has experienced big T or little t trauma, your capacity to to regulate mentally and emotionally, that event supersedes your capacity to to process that in a healthy way. And there are a lot of things that we do um, to, to, uh, to tune that pain out. We might numb out. We might, in psychology, they call it disassociate. We don't even feel. So one of the things for me in my personal trauma with a suicide, you know, I, I think I remember talking about this, like I, I, from the waist down, you know, that I, I remember that moment very specifically, couldn't feel. And so part of me and my healing process was one, acknowledging the pain, and we'll get to that in a moment. I can dive into that a little bit more. But two, just taking these small steps to just baby steps to feel the pain, baby steps to feel the pain. But I want to go back just so I can contextualize trauma and what I mean by that. And and that that is what I mean. Our system just can't handle that that kind of stimulus, that kind of event that has ignited this, um, massive um, shutdown um, in our nervous system. And so uh, it's almost like we have to pull ourselves up. You know, we often talk about like phoenix rising from the ashes, pulling ourselves up from the ground, inching into that place where it's so painful. Can I take a baby step just to, um, you know, just to see if I can peek in there? Can I feel a little bit of the pain and a little bit more? So that's what, when we're talking about trauma, that's what I mean, contextualizing it. And I think, you know, Monsef, our path to to healing is, is one, just acknowledging that something really painful happened. Because without that mm-hmm. acknowledgement, we're not going to be able to fully resolve. And in my perspective, on a soul, on a 
spiritual level. We're not going to be able to fully resolve that. We've got to be able to open up and say, um, and, it's, and, this, and this is what makes these traumatic events so hard because different, you know, you know, just depending on your disposition and the context in which you were raised, your family systems, your your personality, you know, where you live geographically, culturally, ethnically, racially, all these things economically, like, impact, right, like this lens that you wear. And and it can impact the way that that we process, you know, that we process our trauma. So some of us might, you know, like for me personally, I, I, I can definitely, like, my coping mechanism is being a perfectionist. And and wanting to have that control because that control, control in the sense of like schedule, like oh this I feel in control and I've got to get this perfectly right, and 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 these types of things provide like the safety. Like underneath that is where I'm not feeling safe, and this other thing is providing safety, even though it's it's like a facade, and so. I think going back to, you know, the healing process and stepping into, okay, once I acknowledge it, then what? Because that's not fun and it's much more fun to numb out with. And numbing out can look a lot of different ways. It could be shopping. It could be over-exercising. Mm-hmm. It could be being a fanatic really about anything. It could be drinking, yeah. you know, sex, whatever it is. And you've got to inch into it. And I think that's where, like, the, the practices of mindfulness, where we slow down, where we, um, the practices of yoga, where, you know, we also slow down. We, we, we get into our body a little bit out of time to feel perhaps where we've experienced, you know, trauma and acknowledge it and recognize it and take those baby steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was really inspiring. I, I loved what what you shared, and um, I, I I really love that when when you said like taking baby steps in in feeling the trauma or the pain because um, sometimes when we hear like we need to acknowledge or feel um, the pain, it's it's it may be in the beginning it, we have uh, difficulties dealing with that and it feels overwhel- uh, overwhelming. Mm, but really right. having these small steps, it, it can be really helpful. It's like, you know, you can think about anything really hard, right? If if you want to you know, change your diet, you want to eat healthier, you want to start a new exercise plan, you want to save money for something, you want and it's a big item, you know, there's no like there's no sexy formula, you know, that's going mm-hmm. to um to magically like get you there. It really is having a plan and taking baby steps because when we t- when we tend to take things on too much our system again our nervous system gets overwhelmed we fall back into these limiting beliefs that are unconscious <clears throat> and then we kind of get in our own way again and the same thing when we face trauma and there's a a, a spe- um Peter Levine um at calls this and he's an expert in somatic experiencing, and he calls this titrating. So it's and and again, it's essentially like taking baby steps. And a, a practical example would be, say I said, you know, 
uh, let's just take the pandemic, for instance. I will say, for me personally, as a mindfulness educator working with multiple students in schools, having to navigate a new way of teaching in schools, having my kids at home more often, them not being – having a teenager not be – you know, having sort of his net safety, you know, network taken away, his friends. Um, it's been very difficult mentally and emotionally and 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 just experiencing other people's trauma you know as well and 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 it takes having you know like baby steps okay so what can i do to recognize to to know okay let me acknowledge this is painful and a lot of times it's we're not we're not aware like with such clarity that we can say hey this is really painful and I've acknowledged it. It's, it doesn't happen that way. So typically what we might feel is that we feel just like awe. Like we're just not like maybe the, the joy that we normally feel kind of feels off. Maybe we feel tired more often. We feel irritable. These are signs like from, from, our, from our body, that mind-body connection that we want to tap into and tune into. And when these happen enough for a long period of time, we know something is definitely off, right? Like maybe some of us might even resonate with what I'm saying. If if we're off going here, there, and everywhere like we were pre-pandemic, it's a lot harder, right? Like so that's part of slowing down where we start becoming aware like, man, you know, I just don't, I don't feel like I normally do. I just feel off. That I, I hear that a lot, right? Like it's a common statement. And so that's sort of the your awareness kind of opening up and then you can you can you know ask yourself hmm get curious i wonder i wonder what that means and this is where for instance the tools of whether you're meditating or doing a yoga practice and definitely under the guidance of a teacher that can help you know offer access points that i like to say into perhaps what you may be experiencing because that teacher may have a certain sequence or a certain, you know, theme or something that they're saying in their words that sparks something inside and you say, ah, that's what it is. And then you can begin to say, you know what, I am off. Mentally and emotionally, I think I get it. I'm not, I'm not doing well. That's what it is. And then you can look at and you reflective. Why is that? Oh, yes, this really hard thing is happening. It's this pandemic. Life is not normal. And, yeah, I have – and maybe you can go through and say, yeah, I'm grateful for all these things that I do have and that are going well. But it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, mean that you can't also acknowledge the things that aren't going well. And you have every right to acknowledge that and to say this has been very painful. Just because if you still, for instance, if you still have a house, you still have a job, you still have income coming in, but you've lost time with friends and family and other things that you normally do, that's still grief. That's still traumatic for you and loss. So I don't want to kind of measure and go one up with trauma and loss, but I think that's sort of how awareness works. It's that gradual process, that step-by-step process. And, you know, taking these access points through these healing modalities allows us to get curious, allows us to discover, wow, why do I feel that? Why are these coming up? See, there's no right answer that you're going to find immediately. 
part of healing and growth and building resilience and trauma is, again, you acknowledge that pain and grief, but it's not just like one day you wake up, and sometimes that may happen, but it's a gradual process of tuning into your inner state, you know, and how do we tune into our inner state? You can take up mindfulness practices with walking or running or doing yoga or doing meditation, attending a class, and, um, you know, you can do those things, and they offer – uh, you know, key insights. They offer information to how your internal state is doing. And so once you get a temperature check of how you are doing inside and for, and there's not like I, I can say, oh, well, five days, you feel out of balance. You you must acknowledge that you have pain. And it's not like that either. See, all the answers are within each of us. And it's tuning in to what our answer, what this information is telling us. So for me, if I'm looking at, in the example I gave within this pandemic, and I started noticing, wow, I feel really off. I'm irritable, you know. Um, I, I love spreading the awesome sauce here, there, and everywhere, right? And And I have to really get curious about why is that? And I have to constantly remind myself, oh, the way things are going and the way of life is just really different. I have new struggles, you know, as a parent with my teenager in a pandemic, new struggles teaching, new struggles with my partner. And I have every right to acknowledge that this is not fun. It's painful sometimes, and it doesn't mean it's painful all the time. There's awesome moments, but you know what? Oh, I can acknowledge this is painful. And when I acknowledge that this is painful and I feel grief about something, that opens up the space to release that heaviness that you've been holding on to and say, I'm ready for something else. I'm ready to invite new. I'm ready to invite healing. And in that moment, when we acknowledge, we really open it up and we, we, we are designed to be resilient. Human beings are resilient. This is why we're still here. You know, and and then we can say, okay, what have I, what can I do differently in my activities and the way that I'm doing things? What about my habits? Do I need to build new ones? You know, how am I disconnected from that inner voice that I call the inner spark? And a huge part of that healing and growth is opening up, just like you're doing with this summit, Monstaff, is having communities mm-hmm. so you do not feel alone. I have talked to numerous people on my podcast, on those that have been my clients, my students, and what are they telling me over and over again? Gosh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. I'm, I feel it too. Nobody's immune from that. We don't want to feel like, oh, am I the only one experiencing this? Because if you get on social media, which is amazing, I love it, but and if anybody's ever watched The Social Dilemma, we know that algorithms can work in a way that we're just, like, not seeing the whole picture, right? And we want to right. connect with others that have – so this is why I'm always at telling people or advising people to make sure you're getting a broad perspective of – you know, per, of people, of cultures, of different political stripes, so you kind of get a more holistic picture 
and you get to hear how other people are doing. But that community piece is so important. So when we can say, oh, I'm not alone, and we open up a little bit more, we might not come to the table and say, man, all this stuff has happened. It's likely not going to happen. But if you can, again, going back to Peter Levine's term, if you can titrate, if you can take those baby steps and just, you know, maybe that baby step for you is saying, you know what, I'm not feeling like my normal self. That may be your first baby step. And then you have to ask yourself, why not, what can I do to get my system back into balance and alignment? And by balance and alignment, I mean balance, uh, steadiness, and emotional uh, and mental steadiness, and balance with your values and your actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, what, what, what you just described, Athia, is uh, how to say it's it's very powerful and and it's inspiring and also like gives more courage to to take the process of um, acknowledging and feeling um, the trauma and let that energy just um, like move through us. And also maybe one point is like when doing this is. Um, because it's like you said, it, it's not it's not really fun to to feel that, and we have maybe mm-hmm. some expectations that if I try to acknowledge like this pain, maybe it will uh, like move out in in at some point, and then if it doesn't, we have like some disappointment and we can give up. But it's 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 more about just like uh, experience that moment by moment, and um, also like when when we say like feeling the pain it it doesn't mean that it will be 24/7 like we also have moments right. where we uh, enjoy life and we feel good and we do experiences like whether with uh, ourselves or or others that really help us um to go through this through this process exactly it, it is it, it is like a wave you know riding a wave you know sometimes you might feel that intensely a lot of things can we, we, our bodies, our mind, our, our whole system, they're like these divine instruments, you know, and they need to be finely tuned every day. And when yeah. we don't keep them finely tuned every day, we start to see some some big issues arise. Issues will always arise, even when we have it finely tuned, but we're more aware of it and, and we have that awareness to 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 know to be open to the curiosity to know you know to kind of dig in what is that information telling me and to know like this is beyond me I need a coach I need a therapist I need a community group you know whatever that is um, that that sort of what you know the messages that are that are what when we're fine tuning it through meditation mindfulness yoga practice contemplative practices, art, or a combination of any of those that that we're getting that, that information that we're looking for, where we're, like, trying to read a blog post and think that we're going to get an answer or that we're trying to – and sometimes it may come that way, right? We might – that might spark, um, you know, a curiosity that we didn't have before. But oftentimes we might find ourselves too much looking outwardly Oh, let me read this book. It's going to give me the answer. Let me listen to this. It's going to give me the answer. 
And while those can be really inspirational and provide uh, and help us feel empowered, sometimes those types of things can even get in our own way and can be a distraction from tuning into our inner self, if that makes sense. And so, again, you know, part of slowing down, in, in, in the example I gave, like we've been forced to slow down, but what? how do we – how do we stay on a track where I'm really building resilience? I'm not letting life, you know, sort of um, bury me down. It's, it's, it, you know, one of the first things is understanding or, or committing. That's the word I'm looking for. Committing in your own every day to have a time where you are slowing down intentionally, in a meditation, mindfulness practice, contemplative practice, spiritual practice, whatever that is for you, where you are, what I call tuning into the awesome sauce, that place, that spark on the inside where you feel fully alive and magical, that you're tuning in every day. And and I don't want to scare people with that. You can start baby steps, right? Start with five minutes, 10 minutes, and 15. What information are you getting from that experience? Right, our emotions and thoughts are just information. They're giving us information. Sometimes we take it as reality, like this is who I am. So we've got to say, no, this is information. What's that telling me? And then once you start practicing that, you can get really reflective. You can say, okay, so this thing's really hard, but it doesn't have to define me. How can I look at this thing as an opportunity? And we won't always see it in that moment. We can wake up and someday say, I hate this thing. I don't want it anywhere near me. But if we get up with that same intention of saying, you know what, I'm tuning in, I'm tuning this divine instrument that I am in, in this body, in this mind, and I have this amazing gift and and this light and this voice, and I know it, I've felt it, what is it going to be today? And so today, for that day, it might just be recognizing I'm off balance, and for my joy factor... I'm going to have, you know, a cup of tea in silence or whatever that thing is for you, for your joy. So, again, it's like riding the wave. How much can I take off today and can I, um, can I look at, can I heal? Can I say, okay, look, I healed that, that piece for right now in this moment. That in and of itself has given me such resilience. I'm like, yes, I did that hard thing. Heck, yeah, I can do the next one. But right now, I'm going to go enjoy the sunshine outside. That's enough for today, right? And then we start the process over again the next day. But you've got to stay committed, right? It's like that commitment. And this is where you getting clear on who you are, your values. So if we're not clear on your values, that's where we can kind of get off balance, really. And then we kind of let life happen to us instead of life. We're really kind of directing ourselves, you know, through life, but really getting clear on our values so we can we can keep moving forward because healing is not a one-time event. It is a process. You know, I went through many different traumas in my life, and I am not completely – nobody gets completely over them. They, they're, they're sort of like this beautiful – beauty mark, right? Like we often refer to them as scars and wounds, and, and they, they are. They're wounds. But I, I like to, you know, I kind of like reframing it into a beauty mark because it holds so much power 
um, that you can use those types of events in due time as you process, as you take these baby steps, as you tune in, as you acknowledge that you're off balance and something is painful and how are you going to process that pain? Is, it, is mindfulness enough? Do I need a coach? Do I need a therapist? Do I need a community group? Do I need something else? Do I need an animal? What is it, you know? And once I know what works for me and how to process that pain, then I can say, okay, look, I'm building resilience along the way. And then you begin to see yourself differently. You get out of that victim mentality. You become more empowered. And then you can process your pain in a new way. And you're healing. And you are that spark in the world that is doing the work, that is healing, healing, and you're healing is this huge and massive ripple effect for others in your life, from your family to those that you work with to strangers that you meet. So this work um, is is invaluable when, when you take on that commitment to do that kind of inside, uh, you know, out work of acknowledging the things that are really hard, that are really painful. But they will, they, it is your pathway to growth. I truly believe that our pain is that fire starter for our purpose. And our purpose, and I don't necessarily mean like you're going to save the world kind of purpose. And it may be for you, mm-hmm. but it, your purpose can be like, oh, my gosh, I can show up so much better as a mom. I can show, show up so much better as a blank whatever that is, or I can finally do this thing that I love because I'm clear on my values because this pain isn't clouding me anymore. I'm not running away from it. I'm not living some shadow life. I'm living me and my spark and my light. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's so inspiring. Thank you so much, Athia. And um, uh, also one one more thing, like for, for mothers, um, like, can, can they bring that process not only for them but also for for, for uh, to the family for their kids because mm. also they they may feel their own traumas and they need also some um, someone for them to hold a safe space so h- how they can bring that process also to the family mm. so say that again Monsef. I think what you're asking me is how can mothers hold a space for their families to process their traumas, like within the family? Yes, because uh, we were talking about how mothers, they can hold the space for themselves. And uh, that's also because mm. they have their kids uh, at home. And sometimes they they ask for, for, for like, f- for space or for time that they, they want, they want the mother to be present for them as well. And uh, oh, so okay, how, I get it. how yeah, she it's... can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot, you know, for for moms given the sort of the you know typical you know energetic makeup of you know our feminine side, and so I think it's important for mothers to understand that you are your own being and your kids are their own being, and when you take on the work of healing. For you, that is directly related to healing that is passed on to your children. That is passed on. So you begin, in my own experience, you know, part of 
years ago, even before the suicide, when I went through my divorce, it was I made this promise to my son who was four, three or four at the time. And I said, you know what, this pattern, because I was in a relationship, codependent, former spouse, alcoholic, um, and, it, and it was, you know, there were times that were amazing and times that weren't. But I said, you know what, I promise you I am going to stop intergenerational patterns of violence and trauma, and it starts with me. And I love myself that much that I'm going to take care of me and do this work. Because when I do this work for me, I can hold space for you. And there's no formula for that, right, Monsef? So it's setting boundaries, emotional, spiritual, so all the all the boundaries that we can think of and saying, I don't have the bandwidth for that. Let me go have an hour and let me figure out how I cannot be a mom for an hour or a day or whoever. Who can I enlist? What what tribe member in my community, right? It takes a village that I can enlist to help me with my kids so I can go take on this healing an hour, five minutes, a day, half a day, and then I come back with a full cup and then I have a, I have bandwidth to be present for my kids. And then I can have that conversation with my kids and I can say, you know what? I see that you're in a lot of pain right now and I just don't have the bandwidth right now. And the best that I can do is that I love you and then I'm here for you. You know, sometimes it looks like that too. And so, mm-hmm. but I do think it's important that we start with the parent. I don't think it's a good uh, formula or recipe to say, let me just give. Let me just people please every child, every person in my life, because women have a tendency to do that. And that is life-sucking. And that is going to cause more pain over time. So I think it's really clear that you understand you are 100% worthy and deserve to say, this is my time. Who can I enlist to help me? And when I come with a full cup, I am giving a gift to my, um, you know, to my kids or to my students or to anyone in my circle that they are doing what they need to do to make sure that they're setting boundaries. Your job is not to to run yourself ragged. You know, it is not, you do not, you do not get your worth because you're sacrificing yourself to death. Absolutely not. It is not the, you know, there's a, There's a kind of worthy selfishness in saying, I'm taking me time, and that is okay. And that will have miles of benefits for your family, for your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, this, this also brings the, the mom's guilt. Um, and, but like, like you said, it's, it's, it's really uh, about valuing, uh, um, herself and taking time for herself and and th- that's why like the the her kids they they will see the the shifts happening and they will feel it mm-hmm. maybe they will not express it and they don't understand what happened but they will feel it in their body and in their hearts and it's it can right. be a great example for uh for them also um exactly yeah that that, that was really wonderful and uh Yes, yeah, so, so so everyone. Uh, also, if you have any question, you can um, write it on the, the webcast page, and I will I will read it. And 
Athia, you, you are also offering um, a free gift for our audience, which I is am. Awesome Stuff Inside. I am. And um, so everyone, you, you can find it on the on the page weariseinlove.com forward slash Athia. Weariseinlove.com forward slash Athia. A-T-H-E-A. Or you can click on the free gift uh, button, which is on the webcast page, or later on the replay page. So, um, Athia, can you please share with us uh, about the free gift and what our audience can expect from it? Certainly. So, Awesome Thoughts Insights, it, it's basically what I'm giving you is gifting you is a system that I have shared with you in our conversation today. Things that you can take on in your personal life, in your relationships, in your creative life, in the way that you eat, everything, and how you can fine-tune your system so you can um, gain awareness, so you can cultivate it, so you can get curious, so you can not only get curious but build the curiosity, so you can begin the path of, you know, healing and growth. And, and so this provides that foundation. So I'm giving you, you know, all of those things, to things that I do every single day. So you download the PDF and giving you guidance in, in the categories of, you know, mindset practices, relationships, creativity, spiritual, you know, spirituality, um, things that you can do physically in your body um, to, to fine tune your system. So you can tune in to what I call the awesome sauce. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Athia. And uh, yeah, everyone, I, I really encourage you to, to sign up for the free gift and, and, and download it. And you will find it again on the link, you, um, sorry, weariseinlove.com forward slash Athia. Weariseinlove.com forward slash Athia. A-T-H-E-A. Um, or also you can um, get it by clicking on the free, the, the orange free gift, which is on the webcast page. And also it will be available later on the replay page. Um, all right. So, so Athia, thank you so much for, for the inspiration, the guidance and the information you shared today. It was really, really, um, how do you say, like very inspiring and also related to a very important uh, subject that sometimes um, maybe we have fear to, to, to talk about it or we try to avoid it, but like having this clarity and that it, it really can be done. It, it doesn't need to be like so hard. We can take the like small steps and so mm-hmm. um, into our healing process and we can see shifts happening. So um, yeah, really, really thank you so much, Athia, for everything. Thank you, Monsef. It was great to be with you. Um, and uh, those that uh, you know are tuning in or will tune in later, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, so so everyone, also thank you so much for being here with us uh, live. Or um, also for thank you for those of you who listen to the replay. Um, and also, we'd love to receive your your feedback and uh, about your experience. Um, yeah, it, it will help us to to serve you more. And also, um, when when you share it, I, I will share it with with Ethia. Uh, later. So, yeah, thank you again for your presence, for your energy. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm sending you so much love and I will see you on the next call. Mm-hmm. Bye bye, everyone. All right. Thanks, Monta. Bye bye. Bye.